Absolutely spot on. Whoever came up with that proverb was indeed a wise man. I don't know why I got it into my head to climb Mount Fuji. I'm not a mountain climber. I don't even enjoy hiking all that much. But for some reason, I thought hauling my carcass up all 3,776 meters was a brilliant idea. I blame it on it being my first year in Japan, and to be honest, at the time I thought it would be my only year in Japan. If I only had one year, I was going to see and do as much as I could any time I had time off. So I did it. Looking back, I'm glad I did it. But I will never do it again. Once is more than enough. The day began at dawn. I had to be at Shinjuku by 7.30 a.m. to catch the bus. That meant leaving my place in Katsuridai, a commuter town halfway between Chiba and Tokyo, at around 6. I don't enjoy the morning. No, let me rephrase that. I hate the morning. I have never been a morning person. Not even four years in the army changed that. I managed to make it to the bus station, checked in, hopped on the bus and crashed out for a few hours, fully knowing I would need all the energy I could muster that day. The bus arrived at the fifth station of Mount Fuji around 10.30. Even in the heat of August, the temperature at the fifth station, which is at 2,300 meters, was quite a bit cooler than in Tokyo. As you can see in the picture below, the weather looked fine, but the weather can change quickly and drastically on Fuji. The sun was out, but clouds were moving in. I had read that it was a good idea to bring rain gear. For once in my life, I actually heeded some advice and bought a cheap raincoat. I made the right decision as I would find out later. The group I was with fueled up on some ramen in the lodge, bought some expensive, or so I thought at the time, water. I discovered later, as you gain elevation, so does the price of water. Nothing like having captive customers. All of our preparations complete, our guide gathered us up to give final instructions and off we went. Mount Fuji from the Subaru Line, 5th Station. It doesn't look that steep. Looks are deceiving. The hike to the trailhead took about 45 minutes. The plan was to hike from the 5th station to the mountain hut on the 8th station. Three stations, how bad could that be? Eight hours later I would know how bad it could be. One certainly doesn't need to be a professional climber to scale Mount Fuji. Anyone can do it. You don't even need any special equipment. A decent pair of boots, some warm clothes, a hat, and rain gear should be enough to get you to the top. I think the secret to climbing Mount Fuji is patience and the willingness to walk and walk and walk. Pain begins here. It's in the small Japanese print somewhere. The key to climbing Fuji is to take your time. The grade gets pretty steep in some parts and the air does get thin. Many sporting goods stores set up a Mount Fuji climbing section in the summer. The displays have all kinds of gear, most of it unnecessary, but why waste a good marketing opportunity? One of the items for sale is canned oxygen. I thought about purchasing a can but decided against it. I'm not climbing bloody Everest. In the end, I wouldn't eat it but I did stop and take a few breaks here and there. If you are completely out of shape, I recommend getting in some kind of cardio training a few months before you attempt the climb. Again, I think anyone can make the climb, but certain parts of the mountain are taxing. Would have been a great picture if I knew how to frame things. I don't remember too much about the middle part of the climb, just lots of walking. There were a few sections where my short legs had some trouble scrambling up the jagged rocks. The sunny weather had taken a decided turn for the worse. When the inevitable rain started to fall the rocks became a bit slick. The rain was just a steady drizzle, but it was just enough to put a nice sheen on the rocks and muddy up the trail. Muddy boots and slippery jagged rocks are a great combination to turn a little hike into a medevac and trip to the emergency room. The wind had picked up a little too. The mixture of wind and rain colluded to drop the temperature into the slightly uncomfortable category. I hate cold weather. Anything under 15 degrees Celsius, 60 degrees Fahrenheit, is cold in my book.
Go ahead, call me soft but I've had more than my fair share of minus 30 degrees Celsius, minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit, it's the same, too damn, cold, days back in Montana and winter field exercises in Korea. I detest being cold. Our group got lucky though. The rain only lasted about an hour and the wind died down. The rest of the day would be quite pleasant up to the mountain hut where we would eat and get some sleep before the last assault on the summit. The mountain hut where we slept. Did I mention sleeping in the mountain hut? Sleeping in the mountain hut. Ha, go ahead pull the other one, there is no sleeping in the mountain hut. At best, you might get a few minutes of sleep before someone moves, breathes, or blinks. The minuscule plywood shelf allocated to seven people had enough room for five, at most, maybe. We were crammed in there like salarymen in a Tokyo rush hour train. All we needed to make the comparison 100% accurate was the dude with the white gloves cramming in a few more unfortunate souls. I had just met these people about 12 hours earlier and now I was in more intimate contact with some of them than a few former girlfriends. Hmm, maybe the reason they are former. Anyway, the cramped quarters weren't the only reason it was difficult to sleep. For one, it was damn cold. We had some blankets and shared body warmth, but they were no match for the wind that was whistling through the gaps in the walls. I don't know what the temperature was, but it must have been close to freezing by then. It's the middle of August and I'm freezing my ass off on the side of a mountain. What the hell am I doing? I'm hiking and freezing. Have I mentioned that I am a terrible decision maker? The other reason I can't sleep is, for some reason, all the lights in the hut are on and people are talking, and not quietly. Damn it, go to sleep people. We have to be up in a couple of hours to start climbing again. If hiking Mount Fuji is supposed to bring you some kind of Zen wisdom and peace, I fail to see it. Maybe the wisdom is, don't climb Mount Fuji. Yeah, where was all that wisdom 8 hours ago when I could have used it? I managed to get a catnap in. It wasn't enough. Groggily I jam my contacts back into my eyes, go out to use the frigid outhouse, eat breakfast, a small bento of eggs and potatoes, and start climbing again. It was pitch dark outside, I think it was around 2am if I remember correctly. The trail was well lit though. I had bought a headlamp, another piece of advice heated, for the early morning climb to the top of the mountain. Add my light to the thousands of others that were on the mountain at that time and it was like midday. Well, maybe I exaggerate, but I couldn't believe the number of people that were making the ascent at this time. Where did all these people come from? On the previous day, there had been groups of people here and there, but it was complete gridlock now. There were times when we didn't move for maybe 5 or 10 minutes. Honestly, there were times when we were 5 wide on a very narrow trail that was suitable for 2 or 3 people. If you were the unlucky person on the outside, you were looking down a very steep cliff. It was a bit harrowing at times. A wider path, but a good view of the grade. People would get impatient and try to push their way through. There were a few moments of pushing and shoving. Everyone wanted to get to the top before sunrise, so it was getting a bit frantic. This was the hardest part of the climb. Along with the crowds, the path was not the even volcanic rock trail it had been for most of the time, but it was now steep jagged rocks. At times you needed to grab chains and pull yourself up. The crowded conditions added a degree of difficulty that I didn't appreciate. If you slipped here, the result could be a nasty fall and a possible gruesome injury. I understood why some people were wearing helmets now. The crowd made some of the climbing very awkward. I would get one leg up and find myself really stretching for a toehold and then someone would bump into me. Keeping my balance and my temper in check was proving to be quite difficult. It was at this point I saw something that blew my mind. Here I was struggling to make headway on the rocks and amongst the crowd when this dude came flying by me and everybody else. He was practically running up the mountain, 
weaving through people like a Bangkok taxi driver it weaves through Sukhumvi traffic at shift change. The most amazing part was, the dude was not wearing any shoes. He was flying up the mountain barefoot. What the hell? Mount Fuji is a volcano. The rocks and trail are made of volcanic rock. Sharp, jagged, pointy volcanic rock. Maybe I imagined the whole thing. Altitude sickness perhaps. At the rate I was progressing, I was starting to worry that I would not reach the summit in time for the sunrise. The whole point of this trip is to get to the top and see the sun come up. Vexed would be a good word to describe my mood if that happened. Extremely vexed. A few near slips and falls, elbows to the ribs and walking sticks to the feet and legs later, don't get in the way of a determined obasan is all I can say, I was nearing the top. The pace was starting to pick up as more and more people reached the summit and it appeared that I would make it to the top before the sun greeted a new day. I made it, but what came next surprised me, and not in a good way. I had made it to the top after all those hours of walking and I thought okay, let's sit down and enjoy this for a few minutes. Nope. Our guide had other ideas. He led us on a 45-minute walk around the crater. Come on man, we're here already. Sit your ass down. So on and on we trudged, walking past all the smart people sitting down on their space blankets in preparation for the sunrise. I kept on looking to my left, making sure the sun was not about to break over the horizon. I don't know why, but I was obsessed with seeing that damn sunrise. I was in the army, I've seen sunrises from the Sahara and Arabian deserts, Korea and exotic Hinesville, Georgia, but for some reason, I had to see this sunrise. The only positive of this extra walk was the terrain was mostly flat. My legs were pleased. Until I turned a corner and saw what lay ahead. Ah, come on man. Really? In order to say we made it to the top of the mountain, there was still a bit of climbing to do. I resigned myself to the inevitable and put one foot in front of the other. The grade was steep and the footing was not sure. The trail was made up of pretty deep volcanic rock. Every couple of steps of progress were erased by backsliding. Frustrating to say the least. Fortunately, there was a guide rail on the edge of the trail. I inched my way up the last bit of trail, all the while keeping an eye on the sun. It was going to be a photo finish. I put some pep in my step and got to the top just in time. Was it worth it? May. It was a bit cloudy, so the sun was obscured. All that anxiety for nothing. Finally, there was no more mountain to climb. I had made it to the highest point in Japan. I suppose I felt a sense of accomplishment but mostly I felt relief at the thought that I didn't have any more mountain to climb. We walked around the circumference of the crater and made our way to the restaurants and gift shops. Even on top of a mountain, there are tourist traps. Isn't capitalism amazing? I got a cup of coffee and enjoyed watching the sun come up. I went over to the booth to get my walking stick branded with a 3776 stamp and prepared to make the descent. I thought going up was hard. Going down was much much worse. The highest point in Japan. The sunrise cast a perfect shadow of Mount Fuji on the valley below. How can that be? Shouldn't going down a mountain be easier than going up? I mean isn't falling down easier than falling up? Normally yes, but this was not a normal circumstance. The switchback trail that takes you down Fuji consists of deep gravel made of volcanic rock. My feet just sunk into the stuff. The grade is quite steep and if you are not careful, you will be taking the ass over Tea Kettle Express down the mountain. The deep gravel does quite a number on the quads and calves. I was sore for a few days after the hike and I attribute all of it to the descent. To make matters worse, the gravel kicks up a lot of dust. Multiply your feet with hundreds of others, and it becomes a veritable dust storm. The dust can make it difficult to breathe and it gets in your eyes and everywhere else you don't want volcanic dust. Unless you bring a scarf or towel, you will suck in a lot of dust. 
It makes for a great souvenir when hacked up in the shower later. Along with the dust, the sun decided to come out. The back of my neck got absolutely fried. It took almost four hours to get down and back to the fifth station. Exhausted would be an understatement. Delirious better described my state of mind at that time. But I had made it. I'm glad I did it, but never again. Hmm, did I say never? I have never been accused of being wise. However, I try not to make the same mistakes again. If I were to take on this foolish task again, I would do it earlier in the summer when the crowds are smaller. I made the mistake of climbing over the Oban holiday. Lesson learned. Do not climb Fuji during Oban. Holidays in Japan mean crowds. Even for something as stupid as climbing a mountain brings out the hordes. Would I recommend climbing Mount Fuji? Sure. If you have a couple of days to spare if on holiday here, go for it. It is memorable. Whether it is a painful memory or a great memory hinges on your pain threshold I believe. This slideshow requires JavaScript.